G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Loneliness. When we experience it, it's as though we're the only one on the planet who's lonely. I guess that's the definition of loneliness, because we feel alone. But the truth is that loneliness is a global pandemic, and it's time that we did something about it. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome to the program today as we kick off a new series of messages called Dealing with Loneliness. I was doing some research the other day on world populations and discovered that the current world population is just a tad under 6.5 billion. Every second that ticks by sees that grow by another 2.3 people. So in one year from now, there'll be an additional 75 million people added to our number. By 2050, they're saying there should be around 9.2 billion of us. The most populous nation in the world is China, with just over 1.3 billion people. But what's the least populous nation? It's the Pitcairn Islands, and it has exactly 45 people in it. Amazing. Yet with a world population that's never been higher, loneliness is running at epidemic proportions. There have never in all history been more people on the planet. Yet as people, we have never been more lonely. Doesn't that strike you as odd? My hunch is that it's just as easy to feel lonely in China, surrounded by 1.3 billion people, as it is to feel lonely in the Pitcairn Islands, surrounded by just another 44 people. Why is that? Well... It's important for us to understand that loneliness is different to being alone. We all choose to have some time alone. One of the things I love to do on the weekend, Saturday mornings, is just read the paper over a cup of tea or coffee on Saturday morning. And you know something? As much as I love my darling wife and my beautiful daughter, I love to do that on my own. So being alone is not loneliness. Loneliness is that feeling of being alone and being sad about it. It's like a painful awareness of a lack of meaningful contact with other people. You feel empty inside. It's like there's a a hole in your chest. You can be utterly desolate and lonely in a crowd and yet be delivered from that loneliness by just one person. That's the China Pitcairn Islands thing. In the developed world, Single-person households have increased from 10% of all households in 1950 to around 30% today. So almost one in three households that you drive past or walk past only have one person living in them. The Boston Globe reports that 36% of people, over one-third, feel lonely. But have a listen to the impact, the statistical impact of loneliness. People who are isolated but healthy are twice as likely to die over a period of a decade as those who are not isolated. A study showed that the more isolated men are up to 25% more likely to die of all causes 
at any age versus non-isolated men. Isn't that amazing? And the odds for women are up 33%. Living alone after a heart attack significantly increases your risk of dying. People with heart disease have a poorer chance of survival if they are unmarried or don't have a partner to assist them. Women who are alone and have breast cancer live half as long as those who do not. What does that all tell us? What does that tell you? Well, I think they're compelling statistics. And they point to a crisis of loneliness. Why are we so alone? I mean, those figures tell us we need one another. We need other people around us. Being alone is a precursor to loneliness. Why? Well, the more money we have, the more choices we have. Divorce rates are up for a whole range of reasons, but one of them is the fact that women can now be financially independent. They have a choice, whereas 50, 60 years ago, there was just no choice to divorce. Single parents, well, those numbers are up too. They have a choice to be single. In those circumstances, relationships become less enduring. The less we feel we desperately need each other for physical survival, well, the less enduring relationships become. Why not end a marriage? Why not terminate a long-term relationship? You think of a subsistence farming community. I visited some not long ago in India. And what really struck me in the subsistence farming communities was people, by and large, were well-dressed, looked pretty happy, were pretty healthy, even though they had very little. You go to the cities, however, where they don't rely on each other in the same way to produce the food together so that they can survive. Those people were not happy. They were not well connected. They were poorer. And so there's this amazing breakdown that's happened over the last century as our economies have developed. I use that word in inverted commas where we tend to be far less connected. We use cars instead of public transport. In the past, before people could read and write, we needed each other to learn. We needed each other to communicate. Well, we don't anymore because we can read. We watch TV. We get isolated from one another. We use the internet. A man whom I really respect, a man by the name of Peter Webb, I heard him speaking at a conference once. I used to work with him in the information technology industry. And he made the observation that every radical invention or development in communications technology has been designed to let us communicate from further and further away. Just think about that for a minute. Every invention in the communications industry has been designed to let us communicate from further and further away. You think about it. Before there were telephones and internet and satellites and all the stuff we have today, if you wanted to communicate with someone, You had to see them face to face, or at least you had to be in earshot of one another. Then we invented letters and postal systems. Well, maybe it took two years for a letter to travel from England to Australia, but it was an amazing invention. You could write, and maybe months later someone would pick that up and read it, and you could communicate. When two-way radio and telephone came along, all of a sudden you could talk to someone without the displeasure of having to look at their faces. Have you ever wondered why video phones have never happened? Because we don't want to see the person. We enjoy the fact we can talk without looking at them. And now with email, it's even better because we can type something and tic-tac at different times of the day or night right around the world and be a long way apart and yet communicate quickly. 
And so the nature of our world is a slow downward spiral in community. It's a gradual slide to isolation, punctuated by the odd critical life event, like divorce or death or, or retrenchment. We have a misconception about loneliness. We think that being alone equals loneliness. I'm not alone, therefore I shouldn't be lonely. That's simply not true. And sometimes we say, well, oh, it doesn't affect me, I'm okay. Are you? We often don't use the label lonely, but you stand back and you think about it. Are you? If you go through a crisis like divorce and you see a happy couple enjoying each other, you feel lonely. I, I heard the other day of a woman who was dying of cancer, whose husband left her when she was in remission, and two of her best friends came over with their new baby and she said to them, I don't ever want to see you again because I can't bear to see you so happy. And if it's not a crisis, maybe it's just a dull ache, but stand back and really examine our hearts. Are we lonely? Maybe that guy's right, maybe I am. Maybe the pain and resentment and sadness I feel is because of no real connections. Come on, if it hurts, are you lonely? The rest of this week, we'll be looking at what to do about loneliness from a different perspective. I really hope you can join me. Just before we go, there's something truly important that I'd like to share with you. As we're discovering in this series, life can be tough. Well, you didn't need me to tell you that. You already knew it because you've been there. And sometimes, let's face it, our circumstances seem completely impossible. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet called Victory Against Impossible Odds. It's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you live in the victory that Jesus died and rose again to give you, no matter what life throws at you. To request your free copy, stop by at ChristianityWorks.com and you'll see that free offer right there towards the top of the homepage. Click on it, pop in your name and email, and that e-booklet will be on its way to your inbox in just seconds. That web address again is ChristianityWorks.com. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.